Amen? How many of you are ready for the word this morning? I hope that you are excited at the end of it as you are at the beginning of it. I will tell you that the word here... Um, Welcome to Grace Community Church On Demand, the weekly podcast from the Sunday services at Grace Community Church in Rupert, Idaho. Here at Grace, we believe in building the kingdom of God one person at a time. We're passionate about loving God, loving people, and following Jesus. Let's get into this week's message with Pastor Travis Turner. Or another, but I've titled this message and next week's message, Should I Stay? or should I go now? This was off of the class. You guys remember the song, should I stay or should I go now? Yeah, all right. Well, first service thought that was cooler than second, so I guess first service is, no. Um, But I do want you to know that my heart is not to hurt or offend anybody. In fact, as a disclaimer, I'm sharing with you today that I am not speaking to you this message as an expert. In fact, many of the things that, I've sh- that I'm sharing with you today, I have personally gotten wrong. And so just because we're not an expert in an area, many people will think, well, how in the world can you speak to something when you yourself have gotten it wrong in many different, different ways? Well, we can speak to things even when we've come up short because it's the truth and it's God's word. And so I am not looking at anybody's situation or circumstance. My heart for the message, like because I know that in and through this message, you may choose to never step foot back in Grace Church again. But the truth of you knowing God's truth is more important than, 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 than just making sure everybody is comfortable all the time. Like, listen, I'll tell you this, that when somebody loves you enough to share the truth with you, even when you don't want to hear it, that's real love. Many of us do a really good job of surrounding ourselves with people that we say this person loves me or, or this person, but they'll never tell you the truth. And honestly, I would question the depth of the love if, if they will not share the hard conversations with you that need to be have that the need to be had in the event that it would help you get better. Amen. And so this is not an easy conversation. In fact, I asked our lead team this morning before first service, I said, please pray that I am not misunderstood because my heart is to help people and not to hurt people. So with everything I share from this point forward, please keep that in mind. Somebody say, we will, Pastor Travis, we will do our best. All right. So how do we know if a relationship has ended its course? It's, it's finished, like it's, it's, a, it's a dead end road. How do we know that we should pull the plug, that we should put the stops to a relationship? Now, I also just wanna say this, that if you're married, this is not talking to you. There's a few reasons why somebody should or could get a divorce. This is really geared towards, this message is geared for people that are single, that are dating, or they're contemplating getting into a relationship in the future. I want you to know this, that if you're having problems in your marriage today, like you're married, you've said the I do's, you've standed on an altar, like today, then the beautiful thing about that is, is you get the opportunity to work out your problems in covenant relationship. 
And I am telling you that there is no part of what I just said that means that you're going to have to settle for less than God's best for you. Okay? And, um, and sometimes, and I'm, I'm just telling you this, I am a walking example of this. Many mistakes, even in Tina and I's uh, uh, coming together, many things that we did, did kind of crazy and, and backwards, but I will tell you today that I love that woman more today than I ever have. And I hope she says the same thing to, oh, there she is. She's, okay, so she's, she gave me the thumbs up, so we're good to go. And, um, and so, so anyhow, uh, how do we know it's supposed to end? The truth is, is many times we spend way too much time with relation, in relationships that are not going to lead anywhere. So you can waste a lot of time in a relationship that's not going to go anywhere. Um, I wish that relationships had a side effects disclaimer, much like the medication that you take. Like there are some medications that you have and, and, and on, the, on the label that says, if you take this medication, it could cause hair loss. And I see that some of you have taken that medication um, here. <laughs> here. <laughs> You're like, dude, leave my hair alone. You can talk about anything else, but leave my hair out of the, yeah, yeah, it's all I got. <laughs> You know, I, I, you know, if you take this medication, it could cause hair loss, it could cause heartburn, it could cause a rash. And many times at the very end, it says, could even result in death, right? Could result in death. And so I wish that every single person that we entered into relationship with, especially intimate relationships, I wish that there was a card there was a mandatory card that would be handed out that would say something like, like, in this relationship, if you pursue it, if you go forward, you're going to lose three years of your life that you're never going to get back. You are, going to, you are going to lose your happiness. You're going to lose your joy. You're going to have a loss of funds. Like, you're going to get, you're going to, money is going to disappear and you're never going to be able to get that 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 money, you know, that money back. Um, oh, all the while, you know, the friends that you have right now on the front end of the relationship, all of those friendships are going to end. They're going to they're going to be destroyed because of this new relationship. And um, and so this disclaimer, you know, it may say it may say, um, you know, over the three year course of this relationship, you're going to continue to grow more and more insecure. And then at the end of it, like you have to check a box that says that I have read all of the things that this relationship is going to cause you check the box and say, I still want to proceed in the relationship. Wouldn't it be wonderful if we knew the outcome of a relationship before we entered into the relationship? And so how do we know a relationship is, is ready to end? I want you to think about this for a second. When God chooses to bless you and God chooses to bless me, oftentimes he will bless us by sending us another person. You know, maybe a best friend or or, or maybe even like a spouse, a husband, you know what I mean, or a wife. But a lot of times God's blessing comes in and through relationship, doesn't it? It's like, wow, I met this person and 
I just felt a connection, and I don't know. I just feel good being around them, and I feel challenged up and, and encouraged and just charged, you know. Like some people have that ability, but guess what? When the devil, and the devil is true, like the devil is not some made-up concoction. There is an enemy that literally wants to kill, steal, and destroy you. And when the devil wants to distract you from what God has best for you, when he wants to distract you, oftentimes the devil will also send somebody. So you think about that. Some of the greatest blessings and some of the worst curses come through a person. And so we have got to get better as the church at learning how to discern, is this relationship going to be an asset or is it going to be a liability? Is this relationship in place? Is, it, is the potential there you know, to help me or to hurt me? And I'm just telling you that not every person that is brought across your path is there to be of benefit to you. And so we've got to get, we've got to get better at this. So my question to you this morning is, what relationships are robbing from your life right now? Don't look to the left or to the right. I've made this mistake in the past. Do not do it. It will get you. What relationships are robbing you of your peace? Man, I used to be a peaceful person, just, just kind of going with the slow. Now, man... I would, I would do anything just to have a day, an afternoon of peace. What relationships do you have in your life right now that are stealing from your purpose? We believe in this church because it's biblical that you were created on purpose for a purpose. The Bible says for such a time as this you were created. So it's not even by accident that, you are, that you're breathing and on the planet you know what I mean, today. And so what relationships are robbing you of your time? When you have a near-death experience, one of the beautiful things about that is, one of the blessings of that is, is that you treat time differently. See, I have, in, in anybody that's had a near-death experience where you're just like, it could go this way or that way, and I'm telling you, I was not fearful at all. If my life would have ended, I'd have been good with it because I'm good with the Lord. No fear, zero fear whatsoever. But I'm also telling you this, that going through what it is that I've gone through, I feel like I'm going to get to the end of my life more blessed than somebody that has just been wasteful with their whole life because I have a value add of each and every day that I've been given. And some of the things, thank you for whoever that is. Who, who is that? They need to be a front row person, whoever that is. Yeah, yeah, back row. <laughs> but I'm telling you this, that, that, that each day that you're given is a tremendous blessing and, and certainly a lot that needs to be done. So why do we allow poisonous people to get close to us in this life? Why do we allow people that make us sick and make our families sick remain close? I'm not saying that you shouldn't have anything to do with them, but my goodness, I can just tell you this, that uh, Doyle, go ahead and raise your hand just real quick. I can tell you this, if Doyle, if he said right before the service began, he said, Pastor T, 
I looked down and I saw a black widow this morning, like, like right on my chair. And then I jumped up and I kind of stepped back a little bit and I went to look for it again. And I don't know where it went. I can tell you this. I sit right here. I can tell you this. I would be worshiping up there. Um, and I'm not afraid of spiders. Don't think I'm, don't think I, listen, I've dealt my, my fair share with spiders and I'm done with them. I just, I'm not afraid of them. I just don't mess with the devil. And that's the devil right there. And so, so if we know, like if you knew this morning that we had let a snake go just in the sanctuary here, I promise you, you would leave the sanctuary right now and probably never return. But yet we allow people, we allow people that are poisonous or bad for us, we bring them into our homes, we share our most, you know, our, our innermost secrets, you know, intimacy and things like that with them when they are nothing but poison and they hurt you and don't help you. And so when is it time for you to call to an end a relationship? You know, we're going to talk about when, when should we fight? What kind of relationship should we pull out all the stops and fight for? That's next week. But we're talking about this this week. Number one, the problems that we often face are tied to the people that we embrace. The problems that we often face, like you're like, man, all these issues are, man, just one after another. And listen, life happens and people go through trouble even when they're making all the right decisions. But there's a lot of people that have multiple problems and issues simply because of the people that they choose to embrace. The people that, that we embrace. Jumping from, you know, and, and, I, I mean, I've even heard, you know, I'm thinking of a few different situations, but one gal a long time ago in our, in our college and career ministry back in Caldwell, you know, she said, I'm tired of bad boys. She, she had a bend towards bad boys. She just kind of liked them a lot. I'm tired of bad boys. It wasn't a week later, man. She had another bad boy she was bringing, you know what I mean, to, to our college and career. And so we wonder why sometimes relationships you know, are not working in the way that we desire them to work. First Corinthians 15, says this, don't be fooled by those who say such things for bad company corrupts good character. Listen, if you hang with those who gossip, those who lie and, and they can't tell the truth, if you hang around and, and bring into your home and into, you know, a place of sharing life with liars, cheaters, and thieves, then it's possible that it's not, I'm not saying it's gonna happen, but it's possible that you yourself, you know what I mean, can move from a place of or a person of integrity or at least desiring to be integral, you know what I mean, to, to letting things slide just a little bit. If you as a believer hang out too much with lukewarm, you know, people that are not going the same direction as you go. And I'm not saying we should have, no, we, we need to be in relationship with all kinds of people all the time. But I'm telling you, if you get too close to somebody that is completely opposite than you are, then maybe your language too will start to slide. You know what I'm saying? It's one thing if you can be a light in a dark place and still remain true to what it is that God has called you to do and to be. 
But if you're a believer and you, and you even get mingled up with the wrong other believers, like they're lukewarm Christians, you know what I'm saying? Like, like they're lukewarm. How they come in here on Sunday is very different than how they live Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Then the next thing you know is you may become loose in those areas as well. And so I used to tell our youth when I was a youth pastor that your life is going to go as your relationships go. Your life will go in the direction uh, that your relationships are going. Proverbs 27 and verse 17, we all know this scripture, iron sharpens iron as one person sharpens another. I got this axe from Mr. Sigmund, Jeff Sigmund. I said, Jeff, I need an axe. And it'd be great if it was a dull axe. He said, man, I've got a, yeah, because I don't want to hurt myself up here, right? I'm not qualified. But he said, listen, Lloyd gave me, you know, he had an axe refinished and refurbished. And I've got an axe that just kind of hangs on my wall. This is a real axe. It's a very old axe, but it's been, uh, it's been refinished and, and redone. But what's interesting about iron sharpening iron is, is that if I wanted to sharpen this axe, I would bang it properly against um, another piece of iron, or I would get a sharpening stone that is also hard, and, and I, would, I, would, I would, you know, at the proper angle, I'd put a nice edge on this, and we've all heard the story, right? We've heard the story that didn't have, the guy that didn't have a job, and he's looking for a job, and and he goes to a woodsman, and uh, you guys are sitting in the wrong place, wrong place. I'm just feeling pretty loose with this axe up here. I feel pretty cool, honestly. Just, I feel like Paul Bunyan, really, is what I feel like. And uh, what's that? Yeah, Thor, I like that. Don't mess with me. But... Um, the guy's needing a job, and so he goes to a woodsman, and he said, hey, you have any work for me? I'm in pretty good shape, and the woodsman hands him an axe, and he says, listen, I pay you pretty well, too, give you this much per tree, and the guy's never made this kind of money before in his life, and he goes out, and he just gets to work, and he's just whacking away at these trees. On the first day, he cuts down 20 trees, and he gets paid a bunch of money, and he comes back the next day, and and uh, he works even harder, but he's only able to cut down 18 trees this next day. And, um, and he's thinking, man, oh, man, these trees must have been bigger today. I'll just work harder tomorrow. The next day he comes out, and he cuts down 10 trees. And he goes in. He's starting to feel bad. He's like, boss, I think I'm getting weaker and weaker and weaker. There's something wrong with me. And the, and the boss man you know, has been a woodsman for a long time. And he says, when was the last time that you sharpened your axe? And he said, sharpen my axe. I don't have time to sharpen my axe because I've got a family to, to provide for. I've got a wife that likes nice things. And all the women said, amen. <laughs> I've got kids that are, that are hungry and need to be provided for. I can't waste my time in sharpening my axe. And of course, we know that the moral of the story is you've got to work on yourself. But this is the deal. If the only relationship that that iron or steel has um, in this world is wood, it's only going to be a period of time before the axe becomes dull. And you've got to take time 
and sharpen the axe. And so if the only long-term relationship that this axe has is with wood, what's going to happen? It's going to become dull. And so this is very important. It's very important lesson. Who's single here this morning? This is very important, gentlemen. You three gentlemen are just sticking out. Raise your hands just out real quick. I'm telling you why. Let's give these men in the house of the Lord, single men in the house of the Lord. It's very important that as you are, and this is tough. I couldn't even imagine being single and going through what you all deal with. But I'm telling you, if you really want to live for the Lord and you're tired of what this world has to offer, then you are going to come to a place of realizing that I cannot, the Bible talks about unequally yoked, meaning I cannot as steel, somebody that wants to love and serve Jesus and, and I want my life to be pleasing to him, I can't be unequally yoked with somebody else that's wood. I need to find somebody else that's going the same direction so that iron can sharpen iron as one person sharpens another. Because listen, if there's a long-term relationship, you're trying to love God and they don't want to have anything to do with God, then what? there's two things that's going to happen. You as the ax are going to become dull and the person that you're trying to mess around with that is the wood, they're going to become damaged. And so it doesn't help any one of you. The wood becomes damaged and you become dull and nobody benefits from that. Amen? And so, so we have got to give and pay more attention to the scripture which shows us that we're supposed to be linked up with people that are going the same direction that we're going. Now listen, I need to be very clear. I'm not telling you that in your current relationship, I'm not telling you that you should leave or that you should stay. What I am sharing with you is I'm sharing with you that now is a wonderful opportunity for you to pay attention to what it is that the Lord is sharing with you. And I'm not saying it needs to be a quick decision, but it needs to be a right decision. Amen? All right. Are you with me? All right. All right. Hebrews 12.1, the Bible says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of, uh, crowd of, of witnesses to the, to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down. Now, a lot of the times we treat this passage of Scripture like let us strip off every weight that stops us. It's like, no, we're still moving, so everything must be okay. But the Apostle Paul is saying, listen, if there is anything in your life that is slowing you down from functioning and moving in the purpose of God, then you need to strip those things off. And there's a lot of things like sin and pornography and, and, and just even other relationships that will never be intimate relationships. But I'm telling you, this also has everything to do with the intimate relationships that you're trying to foster that this could be the one. And I'm saying this, that the Bible is so clear, and this is not an easy message to hear, but just because somebody's in your life right now doesn't mean that they're supposed to be. Now, I'm not talking about those of you that are married. Please don't come to me and say, you know what I mean, Pastor Travis said, I'm not, like, you need to pull out all the stops. If you are married, you've got to pull out every single stop 
that there is. And I'm telling you, as a testimony, God can give you the marriage that you desire and that he desires to have for you in and through your current, your current spouse. And even though you're surrounded by trouble and you've got issues because maybe you're not communicating. I mean, there's a thousand things that could lead you to that. But, but, uh, but anyhow. All right. So I'm going to roll to the story of Abraham. Turn your Bible, please, to the book of Genesis. We're going to start with Genesis chapter 15 and verse 6. So I want you to know this, that the story of Abraham, it, it begins, his name is Abram, it's, his name's not changed yet, but this is a guy that is doing his best to obey God. And God sees his desire to please him, and so he comes to Abram and he says, listen, I'm going to bless you with a son of promise. And Abram's like, listen, I am old in age, he's like 85, 86 years old, and his wife is old, and, and they're like, How, you're going to bless us with a child. Come on, any 80-year-olds want a child right now? You're just like, any 70-year-olds want to have a baby right now? And so you could imagine, he's like, I'm old. And so God literally takes Abram outside of the tent, and he looks up into the, he says, Abram, look up into the sky and begin to count the stars and and Abram's like, man, I can't count all the stars. There's too many of them. And God said, listen, so will your offspring or your descendants be. There's going to be more than you're able to count. And of course, he's talking about children of the faith there. But that brings us to Genesis chapter 15 and verse 6. The Bible said, and Abram believed the Lord. So he's looking up and God's saying, I'm going to do all these things for you and in you and through you. And Abram's answer was, I believe you, God. And he was so excited. And the Lord counted him as righteous because of his faith and his ability to believe what God had showed him. So if you turn your page, my Bible, it's the very next page. So Genesis chapter 15 and verse 6 is on one page. If you just turn over one page, you went from, you went from just wonderful things happening to the problems beginning. All you get is like one page of like goodness. You know what? You're a man of righteousness because of your faith. And yes, God, I believe you. Let's just do this. This is going to be wonderful. And then all of a sudden, Genesis 16 and verse 1, the problems show up. Now, Sarai, which is Abram's wife, had not been able to bear children for him. But she had an Egyptian servant named Hagar. So Sarai said to Abram, the Lord has prevented me from having children. This was her great idea. She said, and this is in your Bible, this is wonderful. Like, where are the people to say this is not going to be a good idea? But she says, go and sleep with my servant. Yeah, <laughs> it's a trap. Jordan, I know that came from you. It is a trap. It is a trap. Go and sleep with my servant. Perhaps I can have children through her. And Abram, the Bible says that Abram said, I will give this some time and I'll pray and fast this week. And, and you know, if I've got to... If I've got to pray and fast two weeks, I'm just going to wait until the Lord speaks to me. No, that's not what he did. He did not. And Abram, right after she said, go sleep with Hagar, Abram's like, okay, 
you have heard. He's like, you have heard from the Lord. You are a great woman of faith. Man, oh man, God has blessed me with a good one. And so he agreed with her proposal. Verse 3, so Sarai, Abram's wife, took Hagar, the Egyptian servant, and gave her to Abram as a wife. So Abram had sexual relations with Hagar, and she became pregnant. But when Hagar knew that she was pregnant, she began to treat her mistress, Sarai, with contempt. So here she's pregnant. She starts treating Sarai, which is, which is Abraham's true wife, starts treating her as if she's worthless and of, of no use. And so how do you know a relationship should possibly end? I'm not telling you it should end, but it possibly end when you started the relationship and God did not. When you started the relationship and God did not, it's possible that it should end. Now listen, this isn't clean across the board because once again, when Tina and I met, God wasn't even a part of anything that we had going on. And so I'm telling you that while there are some situations that are able to make it through hardships, nine times out of ten do not. And so ask yourself, did God, can we say that God has brought this together? And in the event that he, that he hadn't, then it might be possible that, that you should look at it. Chapter 16, this is what happens. So the promise comes, and then all of the sudden, all they're left with is a promise, and, and now they're looking at their circumstances and their situations. And they're looking at it, and, and, and then they begin to doubt. There's seeds of doubt because, man, I'm in my, in my late 80s, and I'm going to have a baby, and Abram's going to have a baby, and this just doesn't make any sense whatsoever. So they begin to doubt, and then with doubt, you know, she's still not having a child, and so that adds more doubt. And so she's like, this is where the problem begins. Whenever we come to a place where we say to God, God... Let me help you help me. And I'm telling you, whenever we get into a place where God has given a promise and it's not happening in the time scale, the time frame that you think it should happen, and you come to a place, God, let me help you help me, then you've got relationships that are formed that should have never been formed before. There should, like I'm telling you, Abram should have never been with Hagar. Never. It was never God's plan. It was never God's plan, but he did it, and, and, uh, and, and now they've got, they've got issues. 1B, I'm going to say this, that perception is everything. Genesis chapter 16 and verse 2 says this. So Sarai said to Abram, the Lord has prevented me from having children. Do you see how, that, how sneaky that is? Like nobody even picked that up until I said it again. The Lord is the one that prevented me from having children. God did not prevent you from having children. In fact, the only reason you're promised a child is because God said that he was going to do it for you, in you, and through you. He is not preventing you from having a child. What he is doing is he is preparing you so that whenever that son of promise comes, you're going to be ready. You're going to be ready. And you're going to see that the promise actually came 14 years after, after the promise was given. 
Isaac came 14 years after the promise was given. And so an invalid perception leads to a wrong pregnancy. Now listen, don't get offended with me in some of the words that I'm going to be speaking. Hear my heart. But there are many situations that are birthed out of illegitimate relationships. When we enter into an illegitimate relationship, we can birth things that we were never meant to birth because we were never supposed to be in the relationship in the first place. I'll give you an example. Somebody is like, um, man, I used to be so joyful and so happy, and then they enter into an illegitimate relationship and their joy and their happiness is gone. Man, I used, to, I used to have so much hope and vision, you know what I mean, for the future. And then I got hung up with this guy. And now, you know what I mean, I don't even, I don't even, I don't even really care much about life. Why? Because an illegitimate relationship was entered into that should have never been entered into. And something was birthed out of it. Now you're in an insecure and you're dealing with insecurities because you've entered into a relationship that you were never supposed to have. Verse 2b says this. Sarai says, go and sleep with my servant. Perhaps I can have children through her. And so she's come to a place where she's so full of doubt that she's like, perhaps God can give me the promise that he told me he was going to do through another person. Let me be super clear to you today. God will never use another person to fulfill the promise that he has spoken to you. This is the same thing that is true. You hear people all the time, well, I'm just waiting, you know what I mean, for a spouse so that I can, you know, God can give us a, pers a purpose. Listen, God is not going to give you purpose through somebody else. If you, if you don't know what I'm talking about, go and listen to number one, week one of this series called Winning in Relationships. Because there are things that God wants to teach you in and through your singleness. And the idea is God is teaching somebody else of the opposite sex the same things like, like how to trust in him, how to, how to find your purpose in him. You know what I mean? How to get to know him, how to grow confidence in him, how to answer the call all that God has placed on your life before there is another so that whenever God brings you the person that you're supposed to spend the rest of your life with it's not one person completing another person it's two healthy people that are multiplying together and able just to do incredible things in this world in this life that we've been entrusted with right but what happens is, is you've got, and I'm going to go back to my racing, but you've got one person that's running their race, and then all of a sudden, some Joe over here has pretty blue eyes, and you're like, dang, he got some nice eyes, but he ain't got no character. The guy doesn't even have a job. He, he doesn't even have a vision for a future, but you're like, you're like, man, he's got nice eyes, and so you stop running your race you stop running your race and get hooked up with him, and now your purpose has been placed on hold when you're supposed to be running your race. Yeah, he's got nice eyes, but I don't know nothing about him, don't know anything about his character. Then all of a sudden, this guy over here is running his race, and then all of a sudden, God brings you two together, and you're going the same direction. And you don't have to stop, and you don't have to 
put your life on pause because you know, you're trying to get somebody else up to you that probably will never even get there. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. I ain't got much energy. <laughs> there was a time I could do that, and it wouldn't exhaust me like it does today. But Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not upon your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him. Acknowledge God, and he'll make your path straight. So trust in the Lord with all your heart. And do not lean upon your own understanding. See, the problem is, is even those of us that every once in a while lean on our own understanding, our understanding is broken. Like we, when we're left to our own understanding, a bad decision is coming out of it. Some of you all are pretty good at making decisions, and I feel sorry for you because it's harder for you to come to a place of really trusting in God because you make decent decisions by yourself. I'm blessed because every decision I've made in the past outside of the Lord, it's a train wreck. So it's super simple for me just to say, boy, I know where this is gonna go. But as I trust God, man, my life has, 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 has ended up where it is here, here today. And so I feel like, like that's a gift you know, from God to me. I, I, I know who I am without the Lord. Some of y'all, you you're thinking, oh, I'm still a pretty good person. You're lying to yourself. You're not a good person. I mean, if you know what I'm talking about, you're not a good person. In fact, Jesus, they called him good. And he said, why do you call me good? Don't call me good. Because he was the fullness of God, yes, but he was manifest in the flesh. He was in the flesh. And so he's like, don't even call me good. There's only one. It's my father that's in heaven. Right? And so you're not a good person. There's another opportunity for you to be offended. But my heart is right. All right, all right. So, so how do we work through making poor decisions? Ask God for permission to continue when you're in a relationship with someone. So should I continue with this? And if he doesn't say anything, if he's not speaking back to you, then just before you take it further... Like, just, just remain right where you are. Some of you have incredible people like moms, dads, um, friends that, that love the Lord. And, and there's nothing wrong with saying, hey, listen, what do you think about this? Or how do you think this is? And then you've got pastors. You've got people, in, you know what I mean, that have walked with God maybe a little bit longer. And, and while they may not be able to give you the exact answer, they can say, listen, I'll pray for you. Or if they see some things that are just absolutely crazy red flags, they can be like, cut, bait, leave, quick. You know, just get out of it. It's no good. And so we have those, those, those people in our lives and these things. But let me just tell you this, that the best time, you know what I mean, to get out of a bad relationship is before it begins. Any business people here today? The best time to fire somebody is before you hire the wrong person. Boy, that'll save you some time. The best time to divorce a spouse is before you're married to the spouse. And so with a little bit of time, but this is the deal, we get so stinking desperate that we'll take anything, any sweet thing that comes along and says three words, and they've only known you for 48 hours. They say something ridiculous like, I think I'm falling in love with you. 
are you kidding me? Like, that was my line. And I didn't love them. I'm just telling you that that just because somebody gives you the attention doesn't mean that their motivations and their heart is proper and, and, and right. But you have to have a standard because if you don't have a standard, then everyone is a candidate to share the rest of your life with. And what does the standard have to be? It's got to be the word of God. It absolutely has to be the Bible. Verse 4, got to hurry up here real quick. Haggai is flaunting her pregnancy. She's getting bigger. She's like, hey, this is your man that did this to me. She's flaunting. You know what I mean? She's parading it. This becomes a real problem in the family. Verse 5, then Sarai said to Abraham, this is all your fault. (laughs) First of all, it's her idea. You know, he's like, all right. But then... She's like, now there's issues between husband and wife. This is all your fault. I put my servant into your arms. But now that she's pregnant, she treats me with contempt. The Lord will show you who's wrong, you or me. Verse 6, Abram replied, look, she is your servant, so you deal with her. as she's. You can see the edge. It's like, listen, don't put this on me. She's your servant. You deal with, with her. A lot of problems. And so Sarai, it says that Sarai treated Hagar harshly and Hagar ran off. I think she laid hands on her. I think, I think Sarai touched her up a little bit. That's the way I read it. I don't know. <laughs> but when she ran away and she was treated harshly, there's only like words are not going to cause somebody probably to run away like this. But how do we know when a relationship needs to end? Number two is when no one is willing to deal with the real issues. See, we have no problem dealing with the the outcome of an issue, the fruit of an issue, but nobody ever wants to deal or hardly people want to get to the root of the real issue. You know what I mean? Oh, don't worry about her. She's just angry. Oh, man, don't worry about him. You know, I know you kind of got to walk on eggshells when he's just an angry person. You know, he's just real volatile. Well, how about instead of just talking about the result of the issue, we get down to the point of why are you like this? Why do you, why, why do you always, on, on, on family gatherings, Christmas and Thanksgiving, do you know that these are two of the most stressful times in people's year? Why? Because they're being, they're being thrust back into family relationships that have age-old issues that have never been dealt with. This is how people deal with things today, even when they're wrong. They don't apologize and say, listen, I blew it. I'm completely wrong. They just try to act like it doesn't work. And while that might work surface level, man, how are you? Oh, I'm doing so good. Loves, kisses, hugs, loves, kisses, hugs. There is a sensitivity and a filter that everything that happens during that Christmas or that Thanksgiving gathering is being filtered through. And at the very first sign that that person that has done you wrong 10 years, 15 years ago, at the very first sign that they go that way again, man, hell is unleashed on the family. The wheels completely fall off. People are yelling, screaming, I'm never doing this again. It's almost like you're anticipating what you know already is going to happen. Why? Simply because there's issues 
that have never been dealt with. And there's apologies that have never been extended. Guys, I am so sorry. I don't know why I did that, but would you please forgive me? Man, healing can go so far so quick whenever you have people that know how to humble themselves and say, listen, man, I blew it, and I'm sorry. Relationships can be restored. So um, Sarai, she runs off. Hagar, Hagar has an experience. What's that? No, no, Sarai runs off Hagar. That's what I said. Listen, you guys, easy. You guys go sit in the back. This whole thing, no. <laughs> I need that person that shouted, come and take, come and take their spot. Now, before you correct me, listen to what I'm saying. I know it's recorded. This is bad. So Sarai runs off Hagar. She, she, she whoops on her a little bit. And then while Hagar was ran off, she has an experience with God. But she comes back. And this is the deal. When we enter into relationship that become problematic, oftentimes it's not a one and done time that you're going to deal with it. Sometimes it's going to return when everything is working real well and there's peace and whatnot. And so once again, young people, I'm just telling you, be careful. Who you, and even older people that are not old people, but older than the young people that are, that are, in, that are single, be careful who you, link, who you link up with. And so Genesis, Genesis 16, um, we've got, uh, anyway, Genesis 17, we've got the name changes. Abram was changed to Abraham. Sarai was changed to Sarah. Her name was changed. Genesis 18, Sarah gets a promise again that, that, that you're going to have a son. Um, she laughs. God says, was that you laughing? She lies to God. And God basically says, watch me fulfill the promise. So let's go to Genesis chapter 21. This is 14 years after the initial promise the promise is born, which is Isaac. He's the son of promise. And this was perfect, like all life was blissful and at peace for seven full verses. For seven, seven full verses. And then we get to 21 and verse 8. When Isaac grew up and was about to be weaned, Abram or Abraham prepared a huge feast to celebrate the occasion. But Sarah saw Ishmael, the son of Abraham, and her Egyptian servant, Hagar, making fun of her son, Isaac. So here you've got a picture of the problem, the son that should not have, uh, have, have, it shouldn't have happened because there was a relationship that shouldn't have happened. Now the problem son is, is making fun of the promised son. And if you want to find how quick a woman will come out of her corner and be ready to fight, have another woman or anybody else for that matter make fun of their child. And, uh, and, and it, just, it just gets, all, all there is is just teeth and hairballs flying. Teeth, <laughs> teeth, and, teeth and hairballs flying. So the Bible says this, that uh, verse 10, so she turned and demanded, I guarantee your hands are on the hip at this point, 
And, and she starts off nice and quiet through her teeth. But by the time she's finished saying this, she is yelling. I guarantee it. So she turned and demanded, get rid of that slave woman and her son. He is not going to share, talking about Ishmael, the son. He is not going to share in the inheritance with my son, Isaac. I won't have it. And so when might the relationship need to end? Number three, number three is this. When what the relationship produces devalues the promise. When what the relationship produces devalues the promise. And so let me just draw this out. Like if you've got an issue in your life of lust, lust will devalue and it will ruin purity. If, you, if, you, if you're a, a generous person and then you enter into a business relationship, a partner that is greedy, like greed will rob from the generous spirit that you have. All right? Abuse produces fear, and it robs you from your peace. Isolation, if you're in, a, if you're in this happens too much, but if you're messed up with an insecure person and they want to isolate you and keep you locked into your house and you've got to ask for permission when to go to the store and they're asking you why in the world you took more than 15 minutes to get to the store and back, I'm just telling you, you are in a bad situation. And isolation, it robs us from one of the beautiful things that God has for us like community and fellowship. Don't isolate because of somebody else's insecurities, all right? Anger destroys love. And in a lot of these situations, I'm not telling you in all situations they need to end, but in many of these situations, it should end. So if you believe what you have now is, more, is better than what it is that God has for you in the future, I'm just telling you that you're wrong. So this is easier said than done, and I'm closing with this. Somebody say, praise God, we're closing. <laughs> wow. All right. Verse 11 says this. This upset Abraham. So his wife says, listen, get rid of that child of yours and get rid of that slave woman. They are not gonna, they're not going to share the inheritance that belongs to my son of promise, Isaac. What's that? Yeah, I know. So this is easier said than done. This upset Abraham very much. Why? Because Ishmael was still his son. Even though it was produced out of an improper relationship, it was still, it was still his son. And this is what we also need to know, is that Hagar, even though she was the the, the servant of Sarah, you have to know this, that when Abraham and Hagar were alone, they shared some things. There were probably some conversations. Who knows? Maybe, and I'm drawing a straws here, but maybe, maybe Hagar opened up before the, the act of intimacy. Maybe, maybe she opened up and she began to tell him about her family. Should the relationship ever have happened? Absolutely not. But I'm telling you that whenever you enter into relationship with people, even though it's not supposed to happen, it doesn't mean that there are not bonds that are, that are connected and ties that are, that are connected. And, and 
you know, maybe we'll do a, a series on soul ties or a message on soul ties that need to be, that need to be broken and, and dealt with. But I'm telling you, you've got two people that are entering into relationship. And oh, guess what? When these secrets are being shared, when Hagar's opening up to Abraham, guess who was not there? Sarah wasn't there. There's zero relationship now between these two. But now this woman is also a mother to one of his children. Because of a mistake, yes, but still a son. And guess what? After, after the, they probably held one another, maybe for a period of time. I have no idea. But maybe whenever the child was getting ready to be born, it's possible, doubtful, back in this traditional sense, but it's possible. What if, what if he was holding her hand? All I'm saying is, is that it should have never happened, but just because it wasn't supposed to happen doesn't mean that there, was, there were attachments that were, that were created. And I'm just saying this, that this is why young people, it's very important. It's very important that you handle the relationships that God has for you in the manner that he's lined out for you to handle them. Because I'm telling you this, that God can bless you more than you can bless yourself. And you don't have to be pulled through like some of us, the knot hole in the, in the fence. You can actually open the gate and walk through the gate unscathed and without, without all the other trauma that goes, you know, that goes with working through things as you're in covenant with somebody. And God will bless it, man. He can absolutely bless it. But boy, if you could help yourself on the front end, shouldn't you? And listen, you can, you, can, you can build bonds with people so easily, even people that you're not supposed to build bonds with. Remember the, remember the movie Castaway with Tom Hanks? Castaway finds a ball. He's, on a, he's deserted on an island. He, he finds a ball, and it had Wilson on the ball, so he named super creative. I like called my dog Gracie. That's how created I am. Grace Church, Gracie. Makes sense. <laughs> Calls the ball Wilson and has this incredible relationship, talking with the ball, you know what I mean, so he doesn't lose his mind. People would say he lost his mind the moment he started talking to the ball. But I'm telling you, built this incredible bond with this, with this ball because there was nobody else. And so when you're desperate enough, when you're lonely enough, you can reach out and, and, and easily form bonds with people that you have no business forming bonds with. And guess what? When you form bonds with somebody that when God has something better, then what you do is you limit yourself from stepping into God's best Because you were lonely and you were desperate. Young people, single people, doesn't matter if you're 50 years old and single here today. Listen to what I'm saying. So that you get it right the second time around. Man, oh man, God's word is true, amen? And it is such a blessing. So that's not the end of the story. Verse 12, and I don't even know if they've got it up here. Verse 12, do you have verse 12? Listen to this, verse 12. But God told Abraham, do not be upset over the boy and your servant. Do whatever Sarah, your wife, tells you, for Isaac is the son 
in through whom which your descendants will be counted. Do whatever. Let's go to verse 13. You got verse 13? You do? Okay. Let me read verse. Let me see if I've got verse 13. Verse 13. But I will also make a nation of the descendants of Hagar's son. Why? Because he is your son too. And so check this out. This is my closing statement. Are you ready? Sometimes you being connected to the wrong person, not only is it robbing from your blessing, but it's robbing from their blessing too. Do what Sarah told you to do. You know, send them off. But what you don't know is I'm going to bless your son as well. I'm going to bless Ishmael as well. And I just, man, when I read this this morning, I didn't even share this first service. But when I went a little bit further in my, in my time alone, this is what I, what I learned. Is sometimes you dragging your feet, staying in a relationship that you should not be in, you're thinking, man, this is going to hurt them. We've been together for, for this long. This is going to hurt them. What you may not realize is their blessing is also being delayed because you don't have the guts to do what you know you're supposed to do and get out of the relationship. So not only is your blessing, you know what I mean, being delayed, but also their blessing is being delayed as well. Not an easy message, guys. Please understand, I'm not telling anybody here to get out of a relationship or to continue a relationship. All I'm doing is sharing one story out of many stories in this big book that we call, you know, our life Bible, right? That can help us. And I don't know about you, but we got one life to live and how you live, it matters. And I truly want to make the most of this life, not only for me, but my family and, 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 and the people that I get a chance to share it with. And um, I don't want to get it wrong because when I stand before the Lord, I want to hear, well done, thou good and thou faithful servant. Amen. And guess what? I don't want to be a stumbling block for somebody else either. And God knows I've certainly been enough of that in my past. And so I love you. Please understand my heart is for you, to help you, and, um, and see the best that God has for you as well. All right. That's all I got. That's it for today's teaching. Hey, here's an idea. Share today's message with a friend or family member. If you're listening from outside our fellowship, we'd love to meet you. Visit graceid.org and hit the contact form to get in touch. We'd also love for you to join us. You can even check us out on Facebook Live by searching Facebook for Grace Church Rupert ID. Learn more and plug in at graceid.org. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Grace Community Church.